0: Seven brows, try water that they drown. My head on a swivel, yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. Guys, we got a round table of just awesome, awesome Smash analysts today. We got four guys going. We're going to talk to you about the Superflex super shortage. You know, we just started Smash Accept 7. And man, I got to tell you, the Superflex position has never been more scarce. You know, and we're going to try to help you guys navigate who to buy? What kind of trades to make, and things like that. Um, let me start off first by welcome back to the show, Adam Armor. Welcome back. You got that fresh camera looking good. You know, I, I think the YouTube channel's just got to grow because I got I got my little ring. You got your camera. Welcome back to the show. How you doing, brother?
1: Doing good. Thanks, Dad, for having me. And uh, looking forward to getting my smash background to really really match you fellas. But uh, for now, happy to be back on and. Uh... It's already rookie fever. You guys, uh, with all your twiddle, tw- Twitter, excuse me, uh, are just going mad. So uh, just make sure you're following everybody. I'm at un-
0: Armor. Hey, he was talking about rookies. And, John, we just recorded a pod on that 2023 first round. And, man, like – you, on air, we decided to change our both our rankings and put JSN at one hundred and four. You know, after I did that thread, I was just like I gotta get some Jackson Smith and Jigba shares, and I can't wait till five. And uh, since Adams on the show, John, I gotta tell you, I made a trade today. I now have okay. one through twelve in Smash Three. The entire, <laughs> I got two Infinity Gauntlets completely loaded up. Here, you know, That's so, in it's
2: incredible. Wow, wow, no, it's great. Yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to actually breaking down some of the QBs from this rookie class tonight. Great to hear be back on the show. 23 class, so hot right now. So hot right now. But Hansel, yeah, look. so hot. <laughs> you guys didn't get anyway, the Zoolander yeah, be reference. Be yeah, we Love dropped it. those throughout for those that are new to the show. But, yeah, you can find me at Dynasty underscore trades and looking forward to breaking it down tonight.
0: Yeah, and month. Can't wait to start chopping up some of these. I mean, we have so many. You and I, when it comes to the quarterbacks, you know, like we we go back and forth, and over the years, we've kind of like sharpened each other up. You know, you turned me onto certain guys, I turned you onto certain guys, and Patrick Mahomes went after Jalen Hurts in the last startup. So I mean, like just a little victory lap there of super excited of just seeing where things are going, and we're gonna to try to do that tonight uh, as as we go on with the quarterback position.
3: Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, I have already started to work on updated dynasty rankings for the offseason. Obviously, a lot's going to happen in free agency this year, especially at the quarterback position, uh, which is going to shake up quite a few rosters in the NFL and, by definition, the fantasy landscape as well. So, yeah, a lot to talk about with the quarterback position this offseason in particular.
0: Yeah, and as I'm doing startups, I'm looking at things and I'm like, there is a – the running back position is completely volatile, and we did a podcast two weeks ago on episode one of Smasher Pass on that running back position and how volatile that is, and how much that's going to change with with this rookie class. and And today, you know, after doing a startup, the wide receivers feel safe. The quarterback position is is completely about to get turned on its head, right? Um, you know, that first round, nine out of the first twelve picks are quarterbacks, and when you look at things, it's like. You're gonna have to come you're gonna have to invest in those quarterbacks. You're gonna to have to really pay up and when it comes to that startup. And it's just a position right now where, especially if you play in six-point passing touchdowns, we were talking philosophy a little bit, Adam, and it was like in a six-point passing super flex. I hear a lot of people saying, you know what? I can make it by with one quarterback. You know, you don't need to invest in a second. Or, you know, you know what? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna to try to take the Derek Carrs and Ryan Tannehills that quarterback position can really carry you when you're talking about super flex.
1: Yeah. Especially in super flex, right? Because in this one QB, sure. You can make the argument, right? Uh, the, 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 the difference between your second and third tier guy between your third and fourth tier guy. But when you're talking about super flex, the difference between tier two and tier six, uh, are just a huge cliff. And we'll get to that, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's huge to be able to to try to at least get one lock-in guy with the second qb with upside and um, you know it's it's just huge to make sure that you're covering your wrists but it, just to give everybody an example in the, in the preseason we when we did smash four of course uh, it helps when i when i got hurts in the second round but getting someone like like lawrence as your qb2 and at the time everybody was scared about him right but you need to make sure you're getting guys that have good insulation, but good upside is your QB two. And if you're just getting those guys, like you said, Carr and, and someone like that, they have, they don't have value insulation and they don't have the QB one upside. So you need to make sure you're looking for that value and the potential upside.
0: Yeah. And Mung, I mean, in years past, you know, we've talked about having that Ryan Tannehill, that Aaron Rodgers, that Matthew Stafford, aside from Kirk cousins, I mean, the veteran and aging quarterbacks are almost valuing themselves out. I mean, we are in a situation here where it's like, it's tough to find that rock solid 30-year-old quarterback that we've had a luxury over the last four or five years where we had that guy and you're like, I'll just wait on Brady. I'll just wait on Rodgers. Now we're in this situation where we have a lot of uncertainty when we're talking about veterans.
3: For sure. And I know we talked a couple episodes ago about how important it is and maybe potentially zigging Uh, when others are zagging in super flex startups this off season, where you maybe you actually trade up in the startup instead of trading down for more draft capital. But in general, I I do think maybe we should not overreact to this past season because we know that, you know, everything fluctuates year over year, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A while ago running backs early was the startup strategy where there were a bunch of workhorses in the league. And then that kind of shifted, towards the wide receiver position. But now we have a ton of pass happy teams where you can get a lot of wide receiver production week over week from the number two guys on some of these offenses. So when we're talking about quarterback value and super flex formats where you can and you should want to start two every single week outside of, you know, some crazy scoring formats where running backs get like three points per carry or, you know, something crazy like that. You know, your goal to almost always start two quarterbacks is important. um, But at the same time, I do think we're going to see some veterans bounce back, right? I I don't Mm -hmm. know if Tom Brady is going to retire, but the Tampa Bay offensive line was just an absolute mess. So if he does continue playing and if he goes to a team with a better supporting cast with that offensive line, then he could bounce back. Um, We know Aaron Rodgers really had no rapport with any of his receivers this past year and whether he stays in green Bay or goes elsewhere uh, you know he can potentially bounce back as well and even when we're talking about guys who have taken a huge dip in Dynasty value, right guys like Matthew Stafford who missed almost the entire season due to injury we know Sean McVay is coming back right and and that's always the foundation of the quarterback position for the Rams and then also we saw Russell Wilson show I don't know, a, a little bit of signs of life towards the end of the season after they finally fired Hackett. So uh, potentially we might see a resurgence of some cheaper veteran quarterbacks coming back to you know solid production in 2023. But at the same time, that young tier of elite upside quarterback is so scarce right now that I do think a, a lot of trades are, or a lot of teams, I should say, are going to be made or broken uh, by the quarterback position this offseason.
0: I couldn't have said that better. I mean, you just nailing everything that's in my head right now. And I love that John right now we're coming off a season where, you know, aside from the goat Brock Purdy, we're looking at Kenny Pickett was really the only quarterback who, who got serious playing time. And I think that has changed the quarterback super flex landscape so much. Talk to me a little bit about the 2023s. I mean, you know, we, we all know there's a few guys in there, but this quarterback position might get an uptick. You know, they're, How many guys are ready to start day one? Talk to me a little bit about what you've seen so far in that class.
2: Yeah, I I can tell you, it's certainly more exciting than what we saw from the 2022 class. We have a couple of guys that will be uh, potentially franchise quarterbacks that we talked about in our rookie first round breakdown, and that's CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing right now is both of these guys right now are going in the second round of startups but well, what I think will end up happening in both the rookie drafts and in startups, because of this scarcity, people are really going to reach for these rookies. And because they kind of tried and, let's say, failed in, in recent years with guys like Kenny Pickett, and I'll even go back to Zach Wilson, and even Mac Jones, have not necessarily lived up to. Mm-hmm. the where they were drafted in startups and in rookie drafts both were going early in the first or maybe mid to late in the case of Mac Jones so the scarcity is definitely going to make it hard to acquire Bryce Young and CJ Stroud you're going to need a top three pick in the rookie draft and you're probably going to have to invest an early to mid second round startup pick to get those two guys Yep, Bryce we're going Young. to continue to break the yeah Bryce uh, Young being the top two- guy
0: Right. And if that's okay. your, he went 203 and CJ Stroud mm-hmm. went went 208, you know, and then that's that, okay. in that same right. area. Um, great analysis yeah. the whole way across. Let's mm-hmm. start talking. Let's start talking about the tiers. So, you know, I put this mm-hmm. tweet out here, just the super flex, super shortage, the tears that I have. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, slight differentiation in, in how we evaluate the position and how we see things. Uh, but for me and based off of what I'm seeing, these three guys go one through three. In almost every single draft tier one it's that foundational quarterback that guy that you know you're gonna have year in and year out and it's it's Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts right now all three of those guys and I think Jalen Hurts literally he belongs here anybody that has a a doubt against that we're talking QB 3 this year QB it would have been QB 1 if he had you know not gotten injured there QB 8 the year before that's back-to-back top 8 performances and with his age you're talking about a team that's got, you know, it's got AJ Brown, it's got Dallas Goddard, it's got Devonta Smith, and, oh, by the way, they got early draft capital where we're talking about, I saw Bijan Comp there, potentially going there, and I was, like, super excited. You know, I've seen those different things. I've seen JSN possibly going there. I just, so, they, they have an embarrassment of riches, you know, kind of like my Smash 3 Dynasty roster. No, but, like, what I'm saying is you have, Jalen Hurts belongs there. I have a lot of people that are really, like, it should just be Allen and Mahomes, And I think this tier is really, if you get a dynasty startup and you have pick one through three, this is an area where you can really start to accumulate value because the only place you can get them, to me, is a dynasty startup. If you try to buy Hurts, Mahomes, or Allen, you're almost crippling your team. I had a guy today offer me, he said, if you want Jalen Hurts, I need Brees Hall, the 101, and a 24 first. And I'm like, I'm out. You know, like there's so many instances where if you're trying to buy, and I know I talked about it with Jordan McNamara backstage, we were talking about the value of Allen Mahomes in particular. I mean, people are making crazy trade offers. I mean, I, I I saw a guy today, he goes, hey, someone offered me Justin Fields, the 102 and a 24 first for Josh Allen. Um, that is a complete difference maker. If you can get Fields who was top eight, Plus the insulation of all those picks. I mean, Adam, this—I know you've made those moves. You have Allen on some teams. You have Mahomes, and you've you've cascaded back. Just talk to me a little bit about when you're in a startup, the kind of value you can get off these guys.
1: I think, yeah, and to refer a little bit to what Mung said. I think there's just a, um, there's a just, just this need and the lack, you just really getting this this really just the lack of wanting to have guys that are in and out of lineups, whether it's injury situations, right? These guys that are getting old, people love consistency. Consistency is something that is, I would say at all time highs right now, at least the demand for it. Um, So at overall, when, when we're looking at, you know, offers for Allen and Mahomes uh, hurts, I, I, I I would say is in in the same tier, but I think there's some question, there's still in the open market, still some wider spreads in that, but I would say overall, you can definitely look to go down a tier or two and acquire for installation picks. And that helps for those types of teams that you're still not quite have the wide enough of a roster to go- make a run. That's uh, in the off season what I did with Allen and, and smash three, not that I disliked Allen, but I needed to build out a roster to be able to contend without my 23 picks. So there's just certain situations that we want those top tier guys, but if you don't have a wide enough roster to be able to contend, then you have to be true to yourself and be able to cascade down and look for those upside plays and, and insulate yourself from the risk
0: yeah and among i mean i love having these guys on my team but there's so many scenarios where people come to me and they're like and i, I know that you they do you as well it's like hey i'm trying to buy josh allen you know i'm trying to buy patrick mahomes and yes they are a stable position but the amount of money you're going to pay for some of those things i mean i was talking about it with john where people are saying i'm gonna buy justin jefferson i'm gonna give garrett wilson in two firsts you're like whoa you're like we're talking about some serious. This twenty-three and twenty-four class are going to be phenomenal. You know, talk to me a little bit about your thought process with this top tier because it is like sitting on a fantasy gold mine. You know, and you got to gauge where it's like, do I have enough assets to retain these guys and and win, or should I turn them back into a little bit more you know liquid value and try to move around?
3: Yeah, and that's really roster dependent, right? Depending on how accurately you're gauging your roster of whether. You're close to making a title run or not. And my advice would probably not to be or to not uh, overpay right now to get Mm -hmm. one of that top top tier of quarterbacks because everybody thinks that their roster is going to be a championship contender uh, when it's the offseason, right? It's only after some injuries happen, some training camp roster depth chart moves happen that all of a sudden your championship bound team might not look so hot. Uh, in August or September, after a couple of weeks, and you're starting 0 and 2. Um, so I, I do think if you can get decent value, you should try to acquire that elite tier. Um, but really, before they get into that elite tier, is when you should try to acquire them, mm-hmm. right? Because I know you led the charge on Jalen Hurts last offseason, and it took me a while. Uh, I certainly wasn't the first on that train. Um, but I wasn't the important the part is leader, you came right? around,
0: right? You came yeah, around. I mean,
3: we, we talked last July or August, and I said, you know, based on the roster that the Eagles have built around Jalen Hurts, I think, you know, he was set up to succeed and mm-hmm. to get signed long term, right? So I think at that point, um, that was the time that you wanted to buy on Jalen Hurts. And I know you said you have that top tier being Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts, but. Honestly, I was late to this train as well. I had my doubts about Joe Burrow, but I think mm-hmm. he belongs in that top tier. For me, uh, when my updated Dynasty rankings come out for Superflex, uh, and for 1QB for that matter, but for Superflex overall, my top four players are going to be Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, and Burrow. And you know, if your league isn't quite valuing Burrow uh, on, on par with those three just yet, I would look to acquire him now, even if you're buying, you know, a, a little bit high on him, given his playoff success.
0: I like all of that. For me, the only reason I separated them a little bit, and I'm going to kick it over to you, John, is is Burrow doesn't have that rushing floor that the other three guys do. I mean, the other three guys are going to get you guaranteed points with their legs. Burrow has been fantastic, and I almost have him in like a mini tier by himself because in tier two, I do have Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson, and I think Joe Burrow has separated himself from those two. You know what I it mean? It's just in my head, I wasn't really ready to move him up there, but I understand that take. Um, John, how do you navigate that, and is Joe Burrow ready for you to put him into that tier one because – what we got to look at right now is this time of year, the guys that are available, right? Like Joe Burrow has that swagger. I put that he's my QB four, but when it comes to swag, he's QB one, you know, he's got that, he's got that swagger. He just goes out there and he's just a likable guy that I think his value is just going to only increase.
2: Yeah, this is really a great topic. And I do agree with Mong that if you could get Burrow, um, you know, for a little bit cheaper without having to pay like what you would, like we just said, how expensive it's going to be to get one of these top three guys that'd be worth considering. I do have him just a step below. And I, I look at production just over the, the previous couple of years. And if you just look at fantasy points per game on average for this past season, you know, burrow is two, three points below those other guys, but he's also well above, anyone else, right? So there's there's actually in terms of average points per game scored, there is a drop after Burrow. And so I mm-hmm. can kind of see almost like a midi tier break there if you want to look at it that way. But of course you got to factor in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But I mean coming back to 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 the bottom line for me, he doesn't have the rushing upside that hurts or Allen have. I mean P- Patrick Mahomes is just, you know, the superstar he, he does have nice, the weapons, though.
0: So. He had a nice little bounce back in that. I mean, with 249 yeah. rushing yards and five touchdowns, that was yeah. much better than... It helps than a little year, bit. Year, I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing to take away here, from Mung's point, is I think if you're moving down into this tier, you know, I think you can still get... I, I know I personally last year made a move where I gave 23 first and Burrow for Mahomes. I mean, if... John, you're a you're rookie mm-hmm. guy. I mean, if someone has... You have yeah. Patrick Mahomes, and I come to you and I say, hey, man... I'll give you Burrow and the 105. What yeah. are
2: you doing? I mean, I, I, I think I would do it I feel like that's right kind now. of where
0: we're at right now. And it, and yeah. I feel like with this class, I mean, you're there you're talking about adding JSN or Gibbs or maybe yeah. even, you know, another guy in the area. Another
2: big time playmaker for sure. Yeah, I think that those kinds of moves would be worth exploring right now um, if you're trying. I mean, in order to get one of these elite QBs, you're probably gonna have to package another QB. In fact, I'd just make that recommendation to any of our listeners right now. Don't move off of one of these top-tier QBs unless there's a QB coming back in return. That could possibly be one of these top rookie picks that I just discussed, but I'd really want more. I'd really want one of these established high-tier guys.
0: No, I, I love that. And, and for we have a lot of new listeners. I mean, that's something big that we talk about is if you're moving a quarterback, always try to get a quarterback back in there, even if it's cascading down a tier. Adam, I know mm-hmm. you know we talk about trying to move that. Is that a move where you're talking about adding, you know, a 105 plus Joe Burrow for Patrick Mahomes that you'd be interested in making?
1: Yeah, I am. And, and the other part I would say kind of, and I agree with you gentlemen, it's kind of like a mini tier. And, and the reason for me that kind of scoots him above But not quite to the tier one to your point is that there's a higher floor uh with the the rushing ability the one thing that that many folks uh don't quite think within the the tier system and valuations is what is their supporting cast and what's the level of talent and longevity that's another piece Mm -hmm. i think is missed a lot so if you think about burrow i can't think of a quarterback that doesn't have an elite cast for a long period of time that's in a better situation because yeah. Allen Mahomes and Hurts, I would say Hurts is probably similar. So that's why I have Hurts over Burrows because he has elite cast and the rushing upside. So that's where he's below Burrow for me. But Burrow is right there because he doesn't have the rushing, but he has T. Higgins, which is a one number one wide receiver in any other NFL team. And then of course Jamar Chase, Mixon, uh, Boyd he's twenty eight, turning on twenty nine, but he's still a solid wide receiver three. Um, so you know, having that type of talent locked in for at least four years. Um, there's a lot
0: of value to that. that. That's great because a lot of these guys we're starting to see, and, and Buffalo's rumored to take a wide receiver, you know what I mean? And I, I think the Chargers are going to be looking to take a wide receiver, and there's going to be a lot of change there, and this is a good draft class to pick up some wide receivers. Herbert finishing as QB 12 went from, you know, he was that guy that we were talking about was in that tier with Allen Mahomes. He's moved down a little bit, and then I, I have Lamar in there for the rushing upside. I think he's going to get a nice bounce back. But when you look at tier two and you know, Burrow's closer to tier one, but tier two is almost closer to tier three. The, the there's moves that I'm really trying to make, you know, and we talk about getting out there ahead of time. Last year and John, you know, in Smash One,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I had Jalen was my guy from
2: yeah.
0: February on, and I traded Jalen Hurts. I traded Kyler Murray for Jalen Hurts and what ended up being the one oh one in B. John Robinson. You know, yeah, like cool. because that was, that was so dumb. we want to assess who that is. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take my tier three, which is Justin Fields, and I'm trying to get Fields. I'm trying to get Fields plus for Lamar. And I'm trying to get, and this one, I got criticized big time, but I made a trade. I got Trevor Lawrence and the 105 for Justin Herbert. And I think Trevor Lawrence is, we I, we just saw the evolution there of he's that guy that's going to take that next step in my estimation, and he's going to put himself you know closer to tier two by the end of this year. Same with Fields. And we have Kyler Murray in here. So talk to mm-hmm. me about how you're navigating that area because we're, we're talking about Lawrence, I think, really took a step forward this year. You know, that final I, – I put a tweet out there that I was trying to do these kind of trades in about week 10 because his final eight games are against plus matchups. And then we saw it, right, in the, in the group chat. Everybody's like, oh, look, dad, Lawrence got four interceptions. He comes out and just throws four touchdowns go, goes nuts in the second half and i think trevor lawrence and fields are guys that i'm comfortable buying but after this it really starts to drop down you know and this is where it's like these are the guys that i'm comfortable weekend in, week in and week out to be my starter
2: yeah there's a lot of things that i think factored into trevor lawrence being able to take the step especially over the the second half of the season one of those was the coaching change and we talked about it a lot last year this Urban Meyer experiment that just failed miserably. And, you know, great coaching staff now, very, you know, offensive minded coach. He's got decent weapons. I think with Calvin Ridley, he could actually take another step. Maybe they draft some other weapons for Trevor and continue to build around him. We talked about this a couple of times now, but you really do have to look at the coaching staff, the offensive scheme, the offensive line, a lot of dynasty GMs do overlook those kinds of things. Those are the kinds of things we break down on the show all the time. But I, I think you're in a situation now with two young quarterbacks with both Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we kind of predicted a lot of this might happen. Yeah. I, you know, and, and so how do I operate? You know, you really have to think through all of these different factors, but more than anything, make sure that you have your own tiers. We talked about this with the rookie class, same thing. When you're looking at any position, you want to be able to kind of navigate within those tiers. If you can get another guy in the tier, but pick up another asset, pick up a rookie pick, we would suggest you consider doing that, right? Now, if you're going to drop down a tier, what what are you going to get in exchange? We can help you evaluate some of those types of trades, shoot us DMs, those kinds of things. But it's really important that you you do have a strong feel for your own tiers and rankings and how that that, that'll guide you through these decisions, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is, and among you and I, um, our, our tiers aren't completely aligned, but the idea of that we're able to, mm-hmm. especially here where you're talking tier one, two, and three with these guys, if you can tear down and, and, and predict that next breakout. And for me, I mean, Fields and Lawrence, we saw it as QB5 and QB8, but the... The correction hasn't been made enough in startups yet. These guys are both, if Fields gets a wide receiver and a better offensive line, Lawrence is going into year two with the same coach, with the same system, but they improve that offensive line. And I I think we could see both of these guys getting up into that top five, six area instead of seven, eight. And, you know, it's a fun time for this area when we're talking about quarterbacks, Monk.
3: Yeah, and these quarterbacks are all pretty close in value, right? So if you're getting – if someone in your league significantly, you know, prefers Trevor Lawrence over Kyler Murray or, you know, Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson and you're able to get draft capital on top, that's definitely a move I would make right. because, Smash again, it. I think all the talent and the potential is there for all these quarterbacks. But, you know, not you can't have eight – uh, top 12 quarterbacks in the top five, right at the end of the day, there's these, some of these are going to break out. Some are going to get injured. Some are going to bust. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to tell who particularly at the quarterback position, right? Just historically, both for fantasy and even for NFL scouts, the quarterback position is insanely tough to accurately measure. And we just don't know who's going to succeed. So again, um, in between these tiers is where you want to move up or down. But you know, within that tier is where you can maybe extract some extra value if you're making a, a quarterback for quarterback type of
1: deal. And those
0: That's are it. the those are the eight guys that consistently go eight out of the top ten. I mean, Jefferson sprinkled in there. Chase is in there, and then Bijan usually goes around one ten to one twelve. Uh, but you're talking about these are the guys that are in there. Now we get to this this wrap at the end of the first, start of the second, and this is where last year we were starting to really get. Jalen Hurts was getting into that area, you know, and now it's a little bit different, right? So we have Kyler Murray, who's coming off, you know, a very disappointing season to many people, um, you know, with the injury there towards the end. And he was a guy that, you know, was putting up mid QB two numbers. He wasn't putting up those normal QB one numbers that we're used to. And then you have Dak Prescott, who I feel like is the most like underrated super flex quarterback there is right now. I mean, he's going mid second. In, in a lot of startups and it's just because on the field Dallas just doesn't look the, the same recently you know like they got that recency bias of the playoffs but Dak Prescott another QB1 season and then you have Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson we know he has that pedigree we know what he's done you know he he struggled to get some of the rust off looked a little bit better in week 16-17 um, but then you sprinkle in that it factor right this is where the 102 and the 103 go so John you you know Mm -hmm. based off the rookie talk I've been advocating you know people are coming to me all the time they're like dad do I trade Deshaun Watson for the 102 do I trade Dak for the 102 and my answer has been yes I love Bryce Young I love the idea of that 102 is only going to accumulate value Dak Prescott is not going to accumulate value right now. You know, he is at the peak of where he's going to go. Deshaun Watson maybe a little bit, but these guys are peaked right now as their value with their age, both of them in that 28, 29 range. They're not going to increase in value, even if they put up a top five quarterback season. You know, they're going to be in this area, and they might stay in that area. But Bryce Young and Stroud, they're that new hotness. They're those guys that are going to be coming in. Mm -hmm. I ultimately think both of these guys – are fringe QB1s for their career. They're not They're not in the area of, a, say, Fields and Lawrence when you're talking about pedigree, where you're talking about upside. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's the right place to put them. So what we're saying here is that you would put the 102 or the 103 in this tier along yep. with Dak and yeah. Watson. And I, my, I think my you My tier could get four there is and,
0: I have Bryce yeah. Young, or the 102 at 10, Dak 11, Watson 12, and Stroud at 13 at the 103.
2: I like it. I think that even with rookie fever, because Dak and Watson are a little bit more established, a lot of dynasty GMs might be willing to part with more, um, might might provide you more. If you're trading Dak or you're trading Watson for a 102, 103, I think you might actually pick up another plus asset, maybe Mm -hmm. another rookie pick, maybe get him to toss in your second as well, right? A first, second combo. I've seen some deals like that get done. I would be more comfortable with that, but I think you're right. Even straight up, you're resetting the clock. Everything that I've seen on film, all the analytics, uh, what we're hearing from the scouts right now, these guys are gonna be set up to succeed with premium draft capital and investment around them. And they're gonna be you know, five, six years younger than these other guys we just talked about. So it's definitely worth the investment from a dynasty perspective. And so, yeah, I, I kind of like some of those moves.
0: Adam, my thought process there is you're resetting the clock by six years on on both of those. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot that happens right now between where we are in January, where we are in the rookie draft in May, and where we are when the season starts in September. And you can navigate, right. I feel like, right. when the timing is right. So talk to me a little bit about that timing where it's like, hey, right now, Bryce Young, if you're talking one versus the other – might be the, the call. Then we get to May and it's rookie draft and you get Bryce Young plus, you know, and then you get to September and now people want to win again. And then it's like, if we flip back to, to Dak and Watson. I mean, where are you at with this current situation in this tier?
1: Yeah, I think yeah, overall, um, I would agree that, you know, I would go, you know, I would take Dak or Watson with a second round pick, but, uh, you know, face up when you can get guaranteed upside in the short term, it also gives you flip you know you, you've got both gentlemen um, you know reference this but it's the it's the roster flexibility in the off season um, there's value to that as well so if you can uh take the 102 103 you can easily cascade that down later if needed if you know that you know along with your draft that you're high competitiveness and you don't know if bright maybe bryce young and stroud are red shirts for the first four weeks right you need to get that you need to get points in the first you can deal with that later But getting the insulation and the flexibility, because rookie rookie picks will go through April when the actual NFL draft happens, will go up. And but there is some variation, especially within quarterbacks. To John's point earlier, last class was a perfect example of this, right? When you started to see a lot of these quarterbacks that were highly anticipated go in the third and fourth round, their value shot down, and that really shifted their landscape. Now. Not saying that's going to happen this year, but that's a risk, right? So, so certainly, I think to your to your question, Dad, I think the main thing is that if you can hold that insulation and that potential upside, I would say somewhere right before the rookie draft is kind of what I shoot for. uh, Pending you getting value in the trade, of course, but I think a value deal like that, along with and it's you know cascading it like John mentioned, is kind of my perfect scenario.
0: Mung, both of these guys, I know you have have been an advocate over the years on both Dak and Watson. I think Watson value is a a guy that if you can move back, you're still going to get, you know, if we're moving from, I personally have made two trades where I traded Lamar Jackson for Dak Prescott in the 24 first, and I've traded Lamar Jackson for Deshaun Watson in the 24 first. And I think we're in an area where both of these guys are going to produce and you're just going to get even if you get that that same, you know, a lateral move, I think both of these guys end up having a very solid 2023.
3: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here, and I'll try to uh, express my thoughts as succinctly as possible, so I'm not just rambling on, but uh, kind, of, kind of a three-part answer to your question. Um, one, in a startup right now, we always talk about shifting market values, right? Playing Playing dynasty like almost how you would play a stock market, and right now, the rookie pick, you know, valuations are only going to continue to go up as we get to the combine, as we see the pro days for some of these quarterbacks. Um, once the NFL draft happens, I mean, the hype is only going to continue to grow. So if you're in a startup right now, or if you can trade for you know the one hundred two or one hundred three right now, I think I would prefer to have those those picks over. Prescott and Watson just because I think you'd be able to get them plus for that pick, Mm -hmm. whether now or in a month's time, um, because we know that fantasy players are fickle, right? Uh, There's a lot of recency bias. Um, We know that Prescott just got, um, is getting, uh, you know, made fun of by his own team's Twitter account right now for losing to uh, a top three defense, right? Uh, So the market value on Prescott's pretty low right now. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked pretty mediocre in his first few games back after not playing football for about two years. Um, So I think both of their stocks are low right now. And I would rather take the rookie pick if only to trade it for a Prescott plus or a Watson plus Um, beyond those guys. I know our tiers are a little bit different, but I have four quarterbacks that you didn't mention in that same tier almost as um, Lawrence Man, would... and Watson and them, and not not to get too off the rails here, but Tua Tungavailoa, Trey Lance, Daniel Jones, and Kirk Cousins, I think, are all undervalued right now.
0: Right. And um, I have them at that tier five, and that was great. So good. Let's let's start <laughs> let's start talking to these guys because this yeah, whether this, is where, call it tier this five is where this is where I tier think you make be, you know this is where the money can be made, right? Like we talked about these guys. Everybody wants that. Now let's let's really unpack tier five. I'm great that we. Tua, and, and whether you have them four or five, Tua, Trey Lance, Cousins, and Daniel Jones. Three of those four are screaming by for me, and I, I think I want to hear your takes on those guys too, because this is where we're really going to start. That beginning was very vanilla, you know, where this is where it is, this is where, now what do we do? That's where the shortage starts to come in.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And this is where, you know, I talked last offseason on a few episodes about how, um, over the last couple of years, my quarterback valuation has become much, much more dependent upon supporting cast in coaching. Um, because, again, of what I mentioned before, where uh, you know people can tout quarterbacks all they want. they can show the film from college. But at the end of the day, if they're put in systems to succeed with playmakers around them, you know, that vastly helps and boosts their eventual success. So, these four guys are players that I'm targeting right now because, you know, Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, uh, Brian Dable and Kevin O'Connell are, are all excellent offensive minds. Right. And, and we want the quarterbacks tied to those coaches. Um, and I think in particular, uh, these are guys that can be bought low because of the risk associate, right? Obviously the Brock Purdy hype is off the rails. Um, Tua, there's a ton of issues about his concussion history this season. Uh, but as we've seen with Devontae Adams and Brandon Cooks, both of whom play positions who get tackled a lot more than the quarterback position, those were guys that uh, the entire dynasty community was worried about a couple of years ago because they had multiple concussions in one season and were, you know, potentially going to retire. So if, if Tua does, you know, stay healthy, th- there's nothing that says. You know, his three concussions this year are going to lead to retirement or, you know, a ton more concussions next season. Um, Daniel Jones, I think people still aren't fully on board with, even though he had a phenomenal Mm -hmm. season with no wide receiver help. Uh, And then Kirk Mm -hmm. Cousins, a lot of people are going to remember that loss to the Giants, uh, but that was a lot on their defense. And two, we have to remember that this was his first year with Kevin O'Connell, who came from that Super Bowl winning Rams team. And he already, you know, Cousins already looked phenomenal in his first year with Kevin O'Connell. And that's, you know, trading for Hawkinson midseason and not having a wide receiver, too, because the ghost of Adam Phelan and K.J. Osborne and whoever else they had there really didn't do a whole lot. So these are the four quarterbacks that I'm really targeting. If you can get you know, a lot of capital on top of these guys and you're willing to roll the dice.
0: That was so good, Mung. I mean, honestly, that was what I was hoping to unpack. Like, for me, I, I think Kirk Cousins is that rock-solid guy, right? Like, he's the only guy that you can say he is going to be a fringe QB1 and he's in that age bracket and he's just cheap. You can buy him for a 24 first, a late 23 first. He finished the season as QB9 and he's going to be a top-12 quarterback again next year. I mean, I feel like that is a a thing that's definitely going to happen. Daniel Jones, to me, is the most enticing dynasty by right now at the quarterback position. I had suggested to two different guys, they got Tua, they got Daniel Jones, the one got the 107, the other got the 108. And I think like you're looking at Daniel Jones who just finished as the QB seven overall compared to Tua at, at QB 15 in points per game. You know, and I think you're, people have that stigmatism of Daniel Jones that they haven't gotten off of where it was like, he's not going to be yeah. that guy. As soon as he signs again, with the Giants, he will get an uptick in value mm-hmm. with Daybull again. And the, like you said, Mung, the weapons were horrible. Like, let's add this guy. Let's give him. And I saw the last um, the last mock by Daniel Jeremiah had Jordan Addison going to the Giants. Now, all of a sudden, you got Jordan Addison, Wandale Robinson. We start to put a, a wide receiver core around yep. him, John. And we're, we're starting to get into a situation where Daniel Jones is just way too cheap.
2: Yeah, it, it, now's the time to buy these guys. And I, I'm going to come back to the coaching thing again. For me, it's Brian Dayball. That's the big reason oh, yeah. why we saw the big stuff, right? And, it, you know, Daniel Jones, I mean, I think we call him Vanilla Vic, right? He has a surprising amount of rushing yards that he adds to his, his totals and kind of builds up his floor. And he's just not he's just not a sexy pick. These guys like Kirk Cousins, they're not super exciting, right? You know, you think about the chains of guy's – throwing on, like, it, so, it, there's just, anyway.
0: That's a great yeah. point. I mean, Daniel Jones, so Josh Allen, 760 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. Daniel Jones, 708 and seven. You it's, know, like, he yeah, is a, a top to five that. rush, yeah. more rushing yards than anyone but Jalen Hurts. Right. I mean, period. Right. You know, like, yeah, a, and, a, and, and Justin Fields.
2: And and again, that's one of the reasons why I'm still absolutely unequivocally still buying Trey Lance. And we're, we already know, who's been leading the Trey Lance charge on, on this smash crew here. But uh I, I mean, I'm just seeing him fall now to the like fourth round. Of I, got Stars. Him four, I heard him go to the
0: fifth yep. even. Smash, wow. Smash seven. I got him as my QB two at 401. And I think, yeah. you know, the, the, the Brock Purdy love is, is real, you know? And I think mm-hmm. he went in rounds eight in, in that startup. And even if Trey Lance, isn't the starter in San Francisco, he will go somewhere else. He will be he will be traded. They're not gonna sit him I there still with QB two. Yeah. You know, uh Adam, I know you had him on a bunch of your rosters too, and I think Trey Lance feels like, and I'm not saying I'm not saying to the same extent, but he feels like that guy who could take a Jalen Hurts jump to get into that second round if given the opportunity in the right situation. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, Mung is, is, uh, is the King Lance uh, tr- of the train, but I, I'll just say, you know, it, this whole tier is like, is, is the fields. It is the, um, uh, the Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this is the 23 tier that you have that QB one upside that the any of these guys it, with whether if it's health for Tua and Lance, and also there's the Purdy to Mung's point, but these guys have, from a week-to-week perspective, they can be QB1. And this is the last tier that you can say that. Exactly.
0: Like back end QB1, I don't think any of them have that Fields upside to me. Like that Fields Lawrence felt like. But I I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think Trey Lance is that guy who just out of this group could ascend the highest. He's the ceiling
2: play, yeah.
0: I am 100 percent, completely, and and this is why tears are important because you can move around here. I am so off Tua right now just for the simple scare of of those concussions. You know what I mean? Like that had to play a toll. It really, you know, to me, he's a guy that I'm avoiding. Mung, I know you've been, you know, like I I was buying Tua everywhere, but right now at this point, I'm I'm very scared about that. You know, like that. Talk to me a little bit about that risk assessment there, because this is where we're, do- we move into the next tier and we're talking the, the, the Kenny Picketts, the Mac Jones, the Jared Goff, you know, it, it becomes Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Carr. That's more of the unknowns, right? Like, t- what do you think about Tua's long-term, you know, his longevity as a quarterback?
3: Yeah. And, and look, um, obviously I'm not a doctor or a med- medical professional of any kind and- I know there have been studies end. done where <laughs> I know there have been studies done where you know concussions can recur more often if you've had a history of them but again kind of what I talked about just a few minutes ago really that the risk was there for guys like DeVonte Adams and Brandon Cooks not so long ago right mm-hmm. and obviously uh, Tua is a risk reward asset at this point because of his three concussions this past season but at the same time um I don't know that there is such a thing as a, a safe uh, player in dynasty, right? I mean, Andrew Luck was a top five quarterback until he retired uh, out of nowhere. Um, so uh, these things just happen. And at the end of the day, given where his ADP is dropped, considering how well he was playing uh, in that Mike McDaniel offense with, again, Tyree Kale and Jalen Waddle, right? Um, Adam mentioned uh, Burrow has Chase and, and uh Higgins, But mm-hmm. I, I would argue that when healthy, uh, Tua has the best surrounding cast in, in terms of wide receivers, at least around him. And, and it's just hard to fail when when you have the, possibly the two fastest wide receivers in the entire league. <laughs> yeah. and, and so I think, again, because of where his ADP has fallen, because of the risk, I'm more yeah. than willing to buy in at that point. Because, I mean, again, if you can get him in late second round of a super flex startup at this point i think the the value or excuse me the uh, reward is much outweighs the risk at that point
0: yeah he's he's fallen to that mid-third range which is it was pretty nice lance is that early four cousins and dimes are still in that five six range you know and another another value Mm -hmm. in there this is where i want two of these guys from 17 up right we get to no question now I, i i broke this tier down because the next like nine guys are all kind of the same in value i put it's the deep dive off to tier six chasm it's kenny pickett and mac jones just for their age trying to i, I that's the only reason i i separated these if you got a pick there i mean the, are you comfortable john with either of these guys being your qb2 and if not where do we start to between them and anthony richardson and will levis yeah Mm-hmm. Where are we at value wise and 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 you know talent wise with these four players?
2: Yeah, it's a really great question. I, I, I'm very scared though, just to to start with what you just said. I do not want to go past those first 17 guys. Just
0: that's what we all I, want to I, do, right? But yeah. there's 12 of us and there's only 17 of these. I'm, you know, so that's know. why we're here. I'm with you.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm I feel like it's one of those scenes in the movie where you just you're running up or in a car or something, you hit the edge of the cliff and all this dirt and rocks fall over and you're just trying to stay you don't wait too long i want two of those guys but i hear you uh you know in in terms of what's coming again we talked about this earlier in the show but we are going to see a lot of dynasty GMs reach for will levis and anthony richardson and if i'm tearing them as of today i think from a talent and ceiling perspective anthony richardson I have him well above Will Levis. I don't know if that surprises people that are listening to the show, but um, I, Will Levis to me is all based on an idea, a vision. It's gonna He's going to wow people with a cannon for an arm and all these intangibles and his pro day and shorts. And it, for me, it just reminds me way too much of Zach Wilson. It, we never really saw him get it done. And, and okay, did he not really have the surrounding cast at Kentucky – uh, OK, maybe. And I'm going to keep watching them. But what I've seen so far to me is a little scary. I'm going to hear the other analysts that we bring in during the offseason to hear what they have to say. But I will say Anthony Richardson is very intriguing. We, we I talked about he kind of reminded me of Cam Newton, but faster. He's got the size, speed, athletic freak. His arm strength is certainly there. And if he ends up in a situation, again, good coaching. He's got the offensive line, the scheme. Maybe there's a bridge quarterback in front of him. I think it's fine. Again, my advice is if you do reach a little bit for Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, don't expect an immediate return. Right. I wouldn't I would not rely on those guys in a contending situation. If you're in a punt or a two year build, I think it could make some sense. But just be careful. And we really do need to see the draft capital, but I do expect the 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 clear difference between this year and last year is I actually do believe Richardson and Levis will go in the first round of the NFL draft. And, of course, Pickett was the only one in this past year, and we saw everyone else trail. So I think that what you'll see is the market value of those other two guys will shoot above Pickett and Mac Jones. We just need to be careful. Yeah.
0: That's kind of what I'm seeing. Adam or Mongo, we'll start with you, Adam, first thing. Do these guys feel like – you? Are you comfortable right now saying your Mac Jones is your QB2? You know, I won Smash 5 with him as my QB2, but that's because Brady dropped a 50-burger. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> Kenny Pickett and Mac Jones, do they feel like there's there's value there and they're going to ascend? Or do they feel like a trap and maybe we should go down to this this tier of, you know, the 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 aging veterans like we talked about with Goff, Stafford, Russ, Rogers, Geno, Carr, you know, those guys that are, are – they're going after them in startups so is it a trap for pickett and mac jones or do we think that these guys have what it takes to jump up
1: yeah me personally i'd rather go down not that i and we we've talked about kenny pickett as guys uh during the season right i think he and he did improve during the season toward the end but i just i question their their upside they have great floors because of their ages and i think they have good insulation but if, as a QB2, that's why I mentioned in, in tier five, right, with those four guys, those guys have that elite upside with a lot of variance to, to Mung's point about the risks. But when you're talking about the risk reward, I would much rather go cheaper, maybe get a couple guys that we'll be talking about in a bit where you can uh, kind of, you know, you're, those are good upside plays with a lot less risk because they're so cheap right now and because they have their own, nope. you know,
2: the, no, the I one think thing I will say uh, on Mac that I don't think anyone's mentioned yet is Bill O'Brien. It's really fresh news. It's be huge. I'm not sure that it, it's really set into the dynasty community yet. Um, what well, just happened? I think today. that's actually going to be can, yeah. yeah. Like, could you potentially get a value on Mac Jones again? We talked about coaching a lot. Brian Dayball and Danny Dimes is an example. We might have a situation where Mac takes a pretty considerable step with a, I mean, a much improved. O.C. situation in New England. It's just something to think about.
0: And he needs needs a better supporting cast. Mung, let's move into the veterans here. And I I put the unknown situation of Tier 7. I mean, we have – I think Jared Goff belongs above those other two guys. If I'm drafting right now, I think I take Jared Goff above Mac Jones. I take him above Kenny Pickett uh, because I feel like he's just disrespected. I feel like Goff – we talked about yeah. it all you know when we were talking about the win now teams i was buying them for 24 first i was buying them for you know a late 23 first yeah, still under contract unless. so you know we got guys here i want to unpack here a little bit i mean matthew Stafford, as soon as he's back on the field he's moving up in value you know like i feel like he is one of the most forgotten guys there he's a top 5 quarterback a year ago this year kind of lost completely Russell Wilson you know like you said as soon as as Hackett was fired two straight games as a QB1 Aaron Rodgers i mean let's say Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets You know, there's a lot of rumor there where the Jets would be willing to pay those two first-round picks that the Packers are talking about. We get Aaron Rodgers with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall. He's reinvigorated a little bit. That could be an uptick. Geno, as soon as Geno signs, or as soon as Seattle doesn't draft a quarterback, Mm Geno goes back up. Derek Carr, as soon as he signs somewhere. I mean, this area here, I feel like, is just, we're all just wait and see, right? But as soon as something happens, they're all going to move up.
3: Right. And again, my preference there is Stafford and Wilson. I think yeah. that the, this tier of quarterbacks is all, you know, you want to wait for a long time in a startup after, you know, the the Lance to a cousins Jones tier um, and, and grab a lot of that wide receiver talent that falls um, into those what round six, seven, eight of, of super flex startups. And then, I'll, I will worry about QB two or QB three or whatever quarterback you're on at that point once you get into those double digit rounds because I, I would rather take a shot on those veterans, um, or I would take a shot on the, the super cheap, you know, bottom barrel dice rolls over paying, you know, a, a first round rookie pick valuation on guys like Pickett or Mac Jones. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I'm, I'm on board there with you uh john i mean w- w- who sticks out here we, we've talked a lot about aaron Rodgers, and i'm like am i am i holding on to something where i just want to see Rodgers go somewhere else with weapons
2: no i i mean i I have to say i think we're all kind of hoping that he'll land in a situation i still have some shares it's all these contending rosters that you and i have where those guys were a lot cheaper to acquire for the point production you're getting you're getting massive veteran discounts on these guys. And I think they're worth considering in that scenario. If you are in a contending team and you just can't seem to afford, or you missed out, or you let's say in the startup, you just could not pass up on running back wide receiver values that you went with instead of your QB two. Stafford for me is still very interesting. What happened after they won the Super Bowl is that offensive line was just not the same. But Sean McVay is coming back. He's, he's one of the really sharpest offensive minds. I think they will figure things out there and, you know, make sure they get him some weapons. And and look, I think that Hackett leaving Denver is a big deal. I'm kind of with, with Mung on this. I'd almost prefer those two over Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was in a very kind of slow-paced, somewhat conservative offense in Green Bay. They prefer to kind of run the ball and um, just methodically kind of play ball control and so you know they just ran much fewer plays it was hurting his production he didn't have rapport with the receivers yeah. so can he drop in a spot like you just said i think that could be very interesting we're going to see a lot more drama over the next you know month or two leading up to the nfl draft but right now i mean some of these guys might be worth a quick buy
0: on and cuz it could pay off if they land in the right situation i mean you're not going to have to give up that much right i love chopping big. it up with you guys because it's like <laughs> I'm looking at how I can trade everything, right? And Monk's yeah. looking at, he's, he's risk analysis uh, analyzing everything. And you're like, how can I win with these guys? John always sure. wants to win. Adam, you know, we talk a lot about the, the, like the financial aspects of it. I mean, like, what can we do as far as value of these guys? I mean, if you're trading one of these guys, I mean, like, you're in a situation where you went all in, right, last year, and you won the championship. But you're looking at your roster, and you are old as dirt and these are your quarterbacks, like what can you get in the open market for these guys right now?
1: Yeah, there's some variance within the tier. I think Goff probably has the, the biggest value in the market right now, but I would say he has a very high variance in that value because lions have a high pick, right? So uh, within this tier, um, selling away, um, even though I I would agree with conversations, I know you just had a conversation, the previous, uh, earlier today with Mike as well, you know, Goff is a good buy, um, but I also think he's a good sell. It's all dependent on roster construction, of course, but if you're old and you need to turn turn the um, turn the tides a little bit, I think Goff would be a good sell from that perspective. Um I you know, for a, a perfect example, Smash 3 right now, I'm I'm right in that verge of trying to shift to a to a rebuild. That's uh, you know, so what I did was I did Watson and got the last two uh t- uh 2023 20, first and Russ I love that, that. was it was the trade so I did that not because I love Russ but I think he's got he's st- you know Russ and Stafford to me have the, they let the lowest chance to have a replacement QB in their position next season so their lows the, their their downside at least from a valuation perspective is already priced in so mm-hmm. from my perspective they already have they still have QB one at upside right Russ and Stafford still have the talent. You have Cooper Cup coming back next year, right? There's, and staff, you know, and, I, and yeah. I agree with John. I, I agree with you on, on uh, you know getting a new coach and one that can manage game more effectively alongside that can work well with a quarterback. It does volumes. And we saw that this year with a few guys, including Lawrence, not saying Russ is Lawrence, but you get the point. So it's always the balance of what's the cost, what's the risk, and what's the upside. And if, if you can get maximized... The efficiency with all three of those things—that's where out of this group, personally, I think Goff's probably the biggest sell for that situation that you laid out, Dad. Um, Russ Stafford, and I would say, depending on the cost, Rodgers for me is third. But again, it depends on cost because he can—the risk of okay. him is he can retire. That's 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 a that's a true risk. Whereas so, the Stafford and Russ, I don't, I don't—the risk of them retiring is is close to nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? To
0: me, after talking this over, I mean, I feel like this whole range here is a buy at the current we're talking about things being cyclical if I can buy Derek by, for, yeah. for a second right now and then all of a sudden he goes to a, a, a you know favorable position and then flip him later you know right now is not the time to trade any of these guys I was just trying to get a an idea on market value but I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think you're getting a first for anybody here aside from God no. but I think if you could buy some of these guys for seconds and then as soon as as soon as Seattle doesn't take his quarterback, as soon as Detroit doesn't take a quarterback, they bounce up there in value. The tricky part is, what do we do after that, right? That's only 25 quarterbacks. So now we got <laughs> we got Brock Purdy, we got Ritter, Howell, Brady, Tannehill, Garoppolo, maybe Zach Wilson, Wentz, Baker, Willis. I mean, there's so many guys here where, like, you don't want to be the guy who waited and and have to fill yeah, in with two, of, two of these guys, yeah. right? Like you don't want to be in that area. Um I think Mung, I want to hear your thoughts on Brock Purdy, because we haven't we haven't talked about him on the podcast other than, you know, in when it was playoff time, I was like, sell him for any second if you can. But what what do you think's going on there in San Francisco right now?
3: Sure. And you know, I, I'll say that as a Lance fan, I've tried to remain as objective as possible. I mean, even with you know Brady and, and guys who I love in the league to watch playing football, I, I try to remain objective when it comes to dynasty, sports betting, whatever you want to call it. And to me, personally, he, this is how I view the Niners situation working out. Um, I don't think they're going to trade, trade Lance because right now I don't think the market is there for him around the league. Um, from yeah. some of the rumors I've seen online, teams aren't willing to give up more than a third round rookie pick, oh, wow. maybe a second. And just based on, you know, what they gave up to get him, it's gotta it's be a, a good top five 10. for yep. them to have two yeah. quarterbacks on rookie contracts who aren't getting paid very much and they can continue to just focus on building an already star studded roster around mm-hmm. whoever they pick to be the starting quarterback next year. Right. So to me, I view the situation as uh, Lance and Purdy will be the two quarterbacks heading into training camp. Uh, They'll let Garoppolo walk because clearly Purdy can do, you know, similar at least to what Garoppolo can do uh, for a much cheaper deal. So to me, it really comes down to these two quarterbacks on the roster heading into 2023. Um, I I think all the trade talk doesn't really make sense uh, unless, you know, there's a team out there who is really blown away by Trey Lance, despite the lack of sample size, but I just don't think there is. Um, So I think Purdy's played well overall. I mean, that doesn't need to be said, right? Mm -hmm. Considering his win-loss record. But again, win-loss wins aren't necessarily quarterback stats, right? I know that's been mentioned a lot over the last few weeks. And to me, I think Purdy can be a better Garoppolo. I I think he can manage the Shanahan offense pretty well especially when you surround him with McCaffrey, Debo, and Ayuk. And I just don't know what he's shown that Trey Lance can't do is what it comes down to for Mm -hmm. me. Because at the end of the day, um, he's thrown thrown to some wide open George Kittle plays on misdirection where Kittle then took it 40 yards for a touchdown. Um, He's thrown it 10 yards to Debo Samuel, who took it 60 yards for a touchdown. And those aren't throws or reads that Lance can't make. Yeah, right Um, on. And again, I think he's limited turnovers, which is huge for a rookie in his situation, stepping onto an NFL field for the first time. Uh, But again, he's had a a lot of luck as well, right? He's had two or three, you know, wide open interceptions for the defenders. I think one was in the Seattle game, obviously against the Cowboys uh, this past weekend, where the defender just kind of, didn't catch the interception so I think he's gotten lucky there so I haven't been particularly impressed with Purdy I will say he made a very a very impressive play though almost Mahomes-esque and I don't don't just clip that part of my uh, of my little spiel say what and say I think Purdy's Mahomes because uh, you know and actually that one doesn't show up on the box score because that was the play where Um, against Seattle, they got pressure on him and he was able to scramble around for four or five seconds and then made a great throw to Ayuk in the end zone and then Ayuk dropped it instead of catching the touchdown. So I think he's shown flashes and I think there is upside with Purdy. I just don't know that he offers that much more than what Garoppolo did, certainly for much cheaper. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, if they were happy with Garoppolo, they never would have traded up to draft Trey Lance, so I think it's still a competition heading into training camp um, between the two young quarterbacks with Garoppolo gone.
0: I, I you brought up Garoppolo, and that's great because I wanted to talk about Brady, Tannehill, and Garoppolo. All of them went in rounds eighteen to twenty-one. In, in Smash except seven and they're gonna have a job somewhere. I mean there is a shortage of quarterbacks. So yeah. Tannehill is going to have a job somewhere. Garoppolo is going to have a job somewhere. If Tom Brady Tom Brady just finished his the most like disrespected QB eleven season ever. But I mean, you know, you're you're getting him in that in that area. Um there's definitely some value there, I think even to get those guys as as add-ons in your in your trades, guys. We went a little bit long, but I mean, I feel like we could talk five hours on this topic, like just breaking down. We love talking quarterbacks, but what we really wanted to do is just kind of show you guys, you know, that there is a shortage at the position right now. There are some values to be had. There are some buys in there. There's some sells, and uh, you know, it's going to be something that we're going to continue to. To, to work on the entire offseason. Adam, John, Mung, you know, I, I thank you guys all for, for jumping on here because this was this was a fun topic. Um, and we, we got so much going on at Smash, except with the, you know, the Discord's going to be opening up by the end of the week. There's just so much going on. Uh, I can't say enough how much I appreciate the work that you guys have been doing and then you guys, the listeners. So thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Hey, yo, Purdy's the next month.